White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. How are you? My name is Vinny, and I'll be doing a radio show here on News Talk 1010 for about the next hour. And I'd say there is no doubt at all that it's the best thing you'll ever have heard. There is a little bit of doubt, actually, now I think about it. Quite a lot of doubt. In fact, more doubt than fact. Let's reverse it. It's almost definitely the worst thing you'll ever hear. Always setting expectations low. And that's why we employ Elliot. Hi. Hey! Hello, mate. It's a little jab there, but actually, I love you like a tender child of my own. Thank you. You do look sometimes when I haven't got my glasses on. You do look a bit like a baby. Yeah, no, that's what happens. I I started as a bald man, and I have gone back to that. Well, I never knew you when there was hair. When was it? A brief window? It wasn't worth it, man. It was like it was such an annoying thing. Actually, I, I joke with people. This is like the best haircut I've ever had. Yeah. It was there, and then it just wisped off. Yeah, yeah. It was such a pain. I never knew what to do with it. Inevitably, will happen to Trump sooner rather than later. That hair cloud cannot stay. It is a cloud, yeah. Someone told me, I don't know if this is true, that he has... I, I'm going to say this on the radio, and this is not fact. But then, you know, everything he says is spurious, so it sort of works as a theme. Um, he has a man that goes around with him on his entourage, his hair man. I believe that. Yeah. You would have to, wouldn't you? I mean, he pays for so much else, allegedly. I'm sure. Why are you saying allegedly? That's uh, a fact, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Uh, did you ever see the roast of Donald Trump? Mm, no. It was a Comedy Central special where all the comedians got on stage and made fun of him for Could, like an hour. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. What happened there? Well, it was interesting. I read some behind-the-scenes stuff from one of the comics, and apparently for these roasts, they say if there's anything that you don't want us to make fun of, let us know, like your mother or your, you know, your daughter. But he said, "No, I don't care about that. Just don't imply I'm not as rich as I am." <laughs> that was that was what he said. That, I believe that. Anthony Jeselnik, if anyone wants to fact check this, was the comic who said that. Yeah. If that, that's the funny thing. I don't think people realize in the States that in opposition to him, if you want to damage him, go for the ego. Yeah. That's how you'll take that man down in seconds. Just say, uh, you're a bit old, aren't you? Did you get that, did you get that wife because of your talent? Or uh... No, you didn't, did you? Uh, we will be talking on this show about realtors. I sold my house this week. Edward Snowden. Um, no link, by the way. Uh, the Pope... Kim Davis, that haggard old frumpy woman in Kentucky that looks something between Jabba the Hutt and that evil cow out of misery. And, uh, well, no, some other stuff. Religion, but don't worry, we're not going to get too deep. (laughs) It's Sunday night. It's melancholy Sunday, isn't it? Because you think, oh, the ominous day of drudgery coming tomorrow and the painful cold setting in. And if you weren't thinking that, you are now. So, you know, we need to keep it light, is what I'm saying. And also I need to stop that voice because it's very irritating. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can do so using a telephone. 416-872-1010. If I get time, might not. My show. Um, but I will also read out some of your texts on 71010. All right? Also, you can get in touch with me via the News Talk 1010 website. My name is Vinny White. Good evening. Sober House this week. So for those of you who don't know... Uh, all of you, I should imagine. I used to live in Ottawa, and I had a house there that I used to live in, and then I rented it out, and I moved to Toronto to test the waters of radio and 
the city in general. Well, I got myself a radio show, and I like it, and I got myself a business going on, and I'm staying. So I figured it was time to cut loose the house in Ottawa and buy an apartment here in Toronto, which you would think, actually would you think, was easy. You wouldn't think it was easy, but I'll tell you what it actually is. Pure murder. Yes, it's it's awful. Um, well, first of all, there's just the fact of the money. I sold my house in Ottawa this week and bought an apartment in Toronto this week, uh, one just before the other. Obviously, it took a while to set this up. Uh, the Toronto place is about 10 times smaller than the Ottawa house, but costs more, of course. Why wouldn't it? It's like exchanging a large pizza for some small fries and paying an extra dollar on top, you know? Then there's the service fee for the exchange, which involves people who do little or absolutely nothing but take a massive payment anyway because they want a boat. And the system in this country is set up so they will get a boat. They will get a large boat. I'm talking about realtors and I'm talking about lawyers. Although I have to say, I do like my lawyer. He was quite good. He was actually better value than most others and he was efficient. And he had a very cool kind of New York accent. Vinny, these guys are giving me some hassle about the window. What's going on here? I'm more responsive to New York accents. I'll do, I'll do whatever you want. They've got that sort of gangster thing going. So that's what's happening there. They Honestly, these people, they will get a bigger boat than every property you will ever own. And why? I don't know. Because they don't do much. I'll tell you that for a fact. There's realtors listening to this thinking, oh, my cover's blown. We all know this! We know you don't do anything, but we're still sucked into this stupid system. They made so much money, the realtors, so much. Finding a trustworthy real estate is like finding a tasty plate of liver and onions. They just don't exist. And if it tastes good, it's not liver. You're eating a horse. You know, there's no such thing as a good realtor. Or if you are one, because my God, do they like to promote themselves, do get in touch with your slogan. I love your slogans, by the way. We sell houses faster, but they forget to put in brackets afterwards because we don't sell them for the right price. That's what they forget, isn't it? I sold a house in just three days because I sold it for half the actual value. And I still got a massive commission. I'm, insert stupid name here, and sometimes insert stupid theme. There's a guy in Ottawa, I didn't use him. I think it's Shane McDougall or something. And his slogan is, the guy with the kilt. And he's <laughs> so funny, aren't they? <laughs> I can't, some of them advertise on similar radio stations and this radio station. So let's just get this out of the way. I'm sure some of them are okay, okay? And I do mean that, but I just haven't found you. I have not found one that I can trust. It's uh, it's just, it's insane. It, uh, real estate agents are like, they're, they're like Bricktop from Snatch. You remember the movie Snatch? Remember Bricktop, the guy with the teeth and the glasses? Yeah. They're dodgier than him. Do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent. Personified in this case by an audible <laughs> me. Thank you for bleeping that word because that would have been the last radio show had you not. It was a very naughty word. Yeah. 
Actually, maybe I should do a bit of brick top. Give me some ominous music. Do you know what realtors do? You see, the asking price is usually the first potential source of conflict. The seller wants a high price and is often unrealistic about what their house is worth. And the agent knows that if the house is listed too long, then it will sit there for a while. And any effort that agent makes to sell the house will be a waste of time, you see. Agents make more money by selling houses quicker rather than waiting around for a high price on the one that they're selling. So they make sure the house is listed at a reasonable market value or lower. Now you see, sometimes realtors claim that they get paid on commission and the more they get for your house, the more the agent gets paid. So you both want the same thing. But this ain't true. This is one of the biggest lies in real estate. Mathematically, an agent will get more commission if your house is sold for a higher price, but the problem is the amount of time that it will take to get a higher price is not worth the extra commission. For example, if your house is about 400,000 grand, 400 grand even, then your agent will probably take two and a half percent, 10 grand. If you're patient and wait for someone to come along who will pay 410 grand, then the agent will make 10,250 smackers. So that's an extra 250. To get his 250, they might have to do several open houses and wait quite a while. Clearly, they're better off just selling the house for 400 grand or even less and taking their 10 grand. Hence the expression, as greedy as a realtor enough ominous music i can't do it i feel a bit dark I need to cuddle that was good what what accent does bricktop have well it's it had uh, past tense he died a few years ago bless him oh i know um very very east end london okay yeah slightly cockney and threatening you'll be you'll be coming to me when the fire's licking up the kids backs you have to be very angry. In fact, I could do the whole show like that. You're listening to News Talk 1010. If you listen to another station, I'll put you through the mincer. Do you understand me? And if you stop me again when I'm talking, I'll cut your Jacobs off. Yes, sir. See, it's very effective. And relax. Anyway, the house is sold. I bought myself a, um, a condo the size of a postage stamp. And I will uh, forever be held in a mortgage to it. Welcome to Toronto. It's almost as bad as Vancouver. Price-wise. Um, but that makes me officially part of the... Am I, does that make me a Torontonian? If you have a... Because you can rent and still be one, can't you? Yeah, I mean, if I'm a renter, so maybe I'm not a Torontonian. Where were you born? I was born here. Well, then you're through and through. Listen, let's not get worried about this. There's plenty of us immigrants here. And we've all been fairly warmly accepted. Apart from the occasional bit of slanderous racism that I have to deal with, but not much. I'm an audible minority. Someone said to me in Ottawa that they're a bit backwards sometimes in Ottawa. I was standing outside a pub having a cigar on the weekend, and he said, and I quote, You're a minority, but you don't look like one. Uh, I suppose so, yeah. So that makes me an audible minority, because you can only tell when I talk. Unless, of course, I do the show like this, which I know you think is awesome. I love it. It's super duper. Um, this week, Edward Snowden joined Twitter. Ba -ba -da -ba 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 -ba. 
Uh, Snowden, who lives in Russia and will never return to the USA because the government think he was a traitor to release lots of information, information that made the government look about as good as a blow-up doll that's been saved from a fire. I love the fact that the American government called him a traitor, but the fact that they had thousands and thousands of phone records of people, personal information, and they regularly reviewed it and sold it between departments makes them a bit naughty. A little bit naughty, but they're not a traitor to their own people. Snowden, the man that blew the whistle, who, by the way, isn't an angel, don't get me wrong, is a traitor, apparently. Uh, his first tweet was, can you hear me now? As he joined Twitter this week. Yep, the first one was, can you hear me now? In capital letters. And uh, apparently, this is, this is honestly true. I only read this today. His second tweet was, I forgot to turn off notifications. Twitter sent me an email for each favourite that I received, each retweet that I had, and each direct message that I had. I have 47 gigabytes of notifications in my email. Yeah. Um, But what I really loved this week, as we look back across the news here on The Vinnie White Show, was a story related to this Edward Snowden joining Twitter. There's some dude, epic troll, right? As the cool kids say. Sick troll, dude. Only they sound cool. Um... Epic Troll hijacked an interview about Edward Snowden, right, to defend Edward Scissorhands. Now, I know that sounds really weird, so I'm going to run you through that again. This comes out that Edward Snowden, right, is joining Twitter. So there was a show in the States. Yasmin, unpronounceable last name, welcomed uh, a guy on her HLN show. And she was supposed to get his opinion on Edward Snowden's new Twitter account, right? But what she didn't know is that this guy was not who he said he was. He was actually just there to wind her up and play a joke on her. And it went beautifully well. So joining me now, John Hendren, who supports Edward Snowden. John, Twitter, uh, they shut down ISIS account. Why do you think Snowden is any different, according to uh, Pataki? Oh, well, he's a hero. I mean, he's doing what any one of us should have done in that situation. He's uh, got a voice. He's been isolated for so long. He's got valid things to say. I mean, we should listen to what he says. But some people don't think he's a hero. Well, they're wrong. I mean, that's, he's doing the most patriotic possible thing. All right, listen, uh, some people are also saying Snowden's actions could have been harmful. There is classified information out there uh, that John Oliver was referring to that was released that could have feasibly harmed people. Do you think Snowden's actions were worth that risk? Well, you know, to say that he couldn't harm somebody, uh, you know, with what he did, uh, like he could, absolutely he could have. Um, but I think to cast him out to uh, to make him invalid in society uh, simply because he has scissors for hands, I mean, that's, that's so strange because, I mean, people didn't get scared until he started uh, sculpting shrubs into dinosaur shapes and whatnot. <laughs> All right, well, now Snowden's living in Russia. At Chris Zapp tweeted this. Dear Edward Snowden, what do you make of the massive Russian misinformation campaign going on? Listen, some people say it's hypocritical that Snowden has asylum in Russia. Russia has a lot of human rights violations. Well, yeah, casting him out is just completely wrong. Um, We're we're treating him like an animal, like uh, somebody who should be quarantined and put away. Uh, Just because he was created on top of a mountain by Vincent Price and uh, incomplete with scissors for hands and no heart. Uh, Edward Scissorhands is a complete hero to me. But what about the choice that he made to live in a country like Russia? 
I mean, where else is he going to go? You know, uh, we cast him out. Like we uh, we got scared when he poked a hole in a waterbed with his scissor finger. Like that was uh, just unreasonable of us. Well, John, I appreciate you giving us your opinion. Thank you. No, thanks. Listen, for more of what Snowden has tweeted and other celebrities' first tweets, go to hlntv.com. And by the way, Google's first tweet is by far and away my favorite. So make sure to check it out. Yasmin Vosrochin on her HLN show this week in the United States of America, proving that uh, integrity and listening skills in American journalism is very much alive and well, and uh, definitely not proving that they don't just hire bimbos that read from an auto queue. Wouldn't get that in Canada, would ya? Eh? Eh? Um, Kim Davis, the hokey woman in Kentucky that looks like a, a bit of a car crash. Although we shouldn't pick her up on her looks. You know, there's so much to to hate over her. Why would you go and settle on the obvious one? Um, we'll be talking about her next. Right. Did she meet the Pope? Did she? How did that work? Who paid for that? Was that a good idea? Uh, we were all loving Mr. Popey McPoperson, and then he, he shacks up with her. Well, I'll investigate this. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. News Talk 1010. Uh, Kim Davis. Remember her? I thought she'd gone away. Nope, she's popped back up. Kim Davis was in the news again this week. Uh, we're talking, by the way, about that sort of hokey-looking woman uh, from Kentucky that looks somewhere between a, a place of jello and that evil cow from Misery. Um, she's the clerk that refused to give gay marriage licences and has been married four times and given birth to uh, twins out of wedlock. Yes, Kim Davis, a woman more hypocritical than a woman made in a hypocrite factory out of hips and crits. Um, when the news that Pope Francis had met Davis came out this week, only came out on Tuesday, didn't it? There was immediate reaction. More conservative commentators uh, interpreted this as a, an implicit signal of support uh, for the American culture wars version of religious liberty. Kim must be right, they were thinking. If the Pope met with Kim Davis, then the, the Pope must be with Kim Davis, right? But that's not necessarily the case. More progressive priests tried to downplay it as an insignificant encounter. And eventually, after a lot of questions uh, and a lot of backlash, the Vatican backpedaled like a boy on a bicycle escaping a hungry pterodactyl with a crossbow for good measure. It was quality backpedaling. It turns out Pope, uh, Pope open-minded, the first... Saw a lot of people while he was in the United States, including actually a, a gay couple and, 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 as we know, a woman who refused to marry gay couples. This all came out this week. He's changed the church's tone on homosexuality massively. He famously said, who am I to judge? Um, spoken to a reporter about a priest who may have self-identified as gay. Who am I to judge, he said, which, you know, better than... Whatever yeah, the Pope said, on the right track, you know. Uh, Pope forward thinking, the first, will probably rock up at a gay wedding on his next trip with a pink hat on and a rainbow-coloured Pope-mobile. He does as he wants this one, doesn't he? He always, he always does. He confounds expectations. But my feeling is that the Pope didn't really know who she was and what she'd done. 
I, and I, I don't have any evidence for that. I just, I don't feel like he knew the weight of this. Um, the church presumably paid for her and her family to fly to Washington to meet him. I don't know who else paid for it. I don't think she did. They certainly orchestrated it. But no one knows what was actually said behind closed doors. But this is what the attorney of her concluded after the meeting. Well, the, it was a, a brief meeting, but the uh, Pope said uh, he wanted to thank her for her courage. And he also specifically said to stay strong. He asked for Kim Davis to pray for him. Uh, she, in turn, asked uh, the Pope to pray for her as well. The fact that the meeting occurred and that he gave encouragement and asked her to stand strong and to encourage her is much more important than how and the details as to the fact that the meeting came about. I think how she felt is, who am I, Kim Davis, to be able to have this amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to meet with the Pope. And she was really moved by the presence of Pope Francis in terms of his caring, kind, uh, and loving spirit. And I think that has uh, greatly impacted her, and it'll be an event and a, and a moment that she'll cherish uh, for the rest of her life. So if he did go with the mind of saying, I think you should be a bit more liberal and groovy, the world's changing, you have to be more accepting, then it didn't work. It definitely didn't work. Now, whether the Pope said stand strong, which is pretty much completely opposite message, I don't know. That's what the attorney claims, but the Pope and the Vatican are saying, we're just looking at these billion dollars worth of art at the moment and um, can't hear you. What? Hello? Can you pray for me? I love that, that the Pope always says, can you pray for me? How many prayers do you need? You've got a billion people every night praying for you. Do you need another one from a nut box in Kentucky? It's a little selfish. It is a bit selfish. He should be saying, can you... Don't bother with me. I'm all looked after. I live in a palace. I'm essentially a millionaire, although in fairness, I don't go spending it. But um, I, I'm doing just tickety-boo, thanks. Things are just damn fine for me. I've, have you seen my balcony? That's a sort of reflection on the wealth that I'm living in. I'm all right, mate. I get plenty of them from everyone else. Pray for the street kids of India, you know? Pray for people that have been abused, children that have been sexually abused. You see where I'm going? Yeah. So Kim Davis now feels that the Pope's blessing uh, is not to follow state law and to piss off the rest of the USA, which is moving in the right direction on gay issues, although it's doing it at the speed of a Pope-mobile with a flat tyre. The Catholic Church standing in way of progress. Next thing you'll be telling me that some of the priests are gay. Well, the big lies started in 1543. Um, but in some ways, the church lied for a good reason back then. If you view making people feel safe a good reason, like it's alarming, right? When you were told that Santa Claus didn't exist or when you worked it out for yourself. If he doesn't, I think he does. If you're a child listening, he definitely does. I don't know why a child would be listening to this show. It's really not the flavour. Dora the Explorer, I advise highly. It's slightly beyond my intellect, but I wouldn't recommend it for you. Um, but no, when you found out that Santa uh, didn't exist, it was it was nice having Santa around, wasn't it? And it's horrible when you find out that he's not around. So what happened in 1543? Well, way back in 1543, that's when some of the tangible, definite lies that the Catholic Church told have been evidently uncovered. 1543, Nuremberg, Germany. 
Nicolaus Copernicus publishes On the Revolutions of the Celestial Spheres. This posts a heliocentric view of the universe, rather than geocentric version widely accepted at the time and based on the Book of Joshua. In 1616, the Catholic Church moves to declare this heliocentric theory nonsense and angrily bans Copernicus's work. However, Copernicus's revolution will not be quelled. Galileo Galilei will defend the system in a dialogue on the two chief world systems published in 1632. Again, the papacy is furious. It curses Copernicus once more and puts Galileo under house arrest. It's tempting to laugh at the Catholic Church. But the Church is trying to hold on to something rather lovely that had served humankind well. The idea of our cosmic significance. The idea that we matter that someone out there cares. Copernicus and Galileo's theories are like the very painful end of the childhood of mankind. Their discoveries that we are but a tiny, forgotten, meaningless blue dot in the randomness of space is akin to a child discovering that his or her parents are in truth really unimportant in the scheme of things. A new existential terror will echo down the ages from these scientific discoveries. We are still dealing with it. July 1830, London, England. Charles Lyell publishes the first of three volumes of his geological masterpiece, Principles of Geology. The book uses new geological methods to show that the Earth is far older than was ever previously believed. The Bible had said it was 6,000 years old. Lyell says the fossil record proves it must be at least 240 million years old, based on his observation of marine fossils. Modern science now puts it at 4.5 billion years. In response to Lyle's discoveries, the British social critic and essayist John Ruskin abandons belief. He says his faith has been beaten to the thinness of gold leaf by such rock-bound evidence. If only the geologists would leave me alone, he writes, I could do very well. But those dreadful hammers, I hear the clink of them at the end of every cadence of the Bible verses. Science now makes it almost impossible for any intelligent person to believe in the Bible as literally true. Or does it? Not in good old-fashioned... Oh, that actually hurt. America. Um, because Republican presidential candidate this week, Ben Carson, was asked about his views on evolution. And he said this. You know, I do believe in microevolution or natural selection. But... I believe that God gave the creatures he made the ability to adapt to their environment. Because he's very smart and he didn't want to have to start over every Somebody go. You know, I say people who want to believe other than that, they're welcome to do that. I know there are some people who say, you know, it all just happened. You know, well, where did it all come from in the first place? I, well, where it came from, but it's there. So I give them that it's there. And they say there was a big explosion and it all became perfectly organized to the point that we can predict 70 years hence when a comet is coming. Um, that requires more faith than I have. You know, that's a complex set of things. Just the way the Earth rotates on its axis, how far away it is from us. Oh, these are all very complex things. Uh, gravity, where did it come from? I mean, there's so many things. So I don't denigrate the people who say, well, it's just, whatever. Somehow it happened. It's a bizarre rambling, isn't it, from Ben Carson this week. That's the Republican presidential candidate. 
talking there about evolution. And uh, what he's essentially saying, because I've heard that a few times and I've boiled it down to this. Basically, lads, it's all terribly complicated and there's no possible way we could ever understand this. And for that reason, God exists and evolution's probably not true, right? I mean, it might be a bit true because there's no way you can understand things like how the Earth tilts on its axis. We've understood that for a thousand years. Give or take. I mean, it's got a lot further of late, I will admit. You know, there, how, one of the bits there he goes is, where did gravity come from? That's, the, that's just ramblings of a madman, isn't it? So I was like, where does, where does cheese come from? You know, until we can work that out, really. I mean, Gorgonzola, it's very pungent, isn't it, really? So uh, what I'm saying is you people that are going to vote for me, you're all far too stupid to understand any of this. And you, don't, you shouldn't believe scientists that have been working in collaboration for decades, hundreds of years, thousands of years to come up with it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all terribly complicated. Could you vote for me? Thank you so much. I don't know why I went ridiculously English. I should have gone more. Why did I do that? Hello, I'm Ben Carson. I'd like you to vote for me. I'm a Republican. <laughs> Gravity. Where does it come from? What is that question? What do you think, Elliot? Uh, is gravity real or not? I don't know. It feels pretty real to me. Yeah. But where did it come from? And until we can you know, sort that out, I it, think we're all screwed. It's true. I mean, I, I can't definitively say where it came from. No. So. Was it around before that apple happened? Maybe. Yeah. You know? Or did it come with the apple? Maybe the apple invented it. I think what I've learned is that you and everyone else in the world is far too stupid to understand it. So just believe what I say and vote for me. I, you know, I might as well. It's just, it's such an appealing shortcut. <laughs> Good evening. You're listening to The Vinnie White Show. The Amanda Capito, the resident news junkie and news guru here at News Talk 1010, reporter to you and I, and um, just find out what's going on in the world. All right, mate? Hi, that's right. Hi. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit smelly today. Great. <laughs> which is what you always want to hear when you walk into a radio studio and it's quite confined space. Because we're very close to each other right now. It's the pits. I oh. mean, I, I didn't have a shower. I woke up in Ottawa. I, I stayed at a friend's house last night. and. Um, okay, wait, but you didn't put deodorant on? Let me just check. What do you mean, check? I, don't, oh, I, no. I just don't think it's lasting as well as it normally oh, does. Do you want a whiff? No, no. It's just, it's just a bit spicy. That's actually like my my fear. I actually carry around a, an antiperspirant with me at all times, just in case. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, you, just in case you, you need to reapply. What about the hand sanitizer? Um, you know, I'm more obsessed with deodorant than I am with hand sanitizer. Mm. Weirdly enough, but. Because I figure I can always go wash my hands somewhere. Usually, like if I, but deodorant, you're not. You don't have that accessible to you in, in most places. You know, they've taken some of that hand sanitizer out of hospitals now because they had a spate of people going around drinking it because it's got quite high alcohol. Even alcohol in universities content. at Ryerson, they had they had that problem. Did they really? Yes. I remember Poor students. Being, I actually can relate to that. Right. I, I drank some horrific things Oof. when I was at university. Not that I went to university, so I'm not sure why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> you probably tell by the content of this show. Oh, um, but what, post get secondary of any sort or none? Yeah, I, I went to, uh, I studied graphic design. Uh, there's no point going to university to study graphic design because it's more important to have a good portfolio. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get a good portfolio is to get a job. Yeah. So really, just express through college and get out there and earn some money. Yeah. And then, you know, 
Boy, did have I got a degree on my CV. And look how well you're doing today. Exactly. <laughs> and that, if this job does a lot of things, it certainly involves a, a lot of graphic design. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so enough about my pits. Um, Glad we're moving on. Yeah. Got two articles. Would you like article A or article B? B. Pennsylvania man alleged farting too much at work. So much so, he was fired. What a link from our previous conversation. Wow. (laughs) Hey? So, colleagues complained, and was the issue brought to him, and he decided to not... Like, how did it all go down? Richard Clem is in a stinky situation. (laughs) Uh, He filed a lawsuit last month against his former employer, who allegedly fired him for farting too much. The 70-year-old man... So, 70. Oh. So, I'm wondering why... Less, like... You'd be quite happy to go, wouldn't you? At 70? Not off this planet. No, I mean, no, go from work. Mm. Okay, continue. The 70-year-old man um, and his wife, actually, both worked at the Case Pork Roll Company in Trenton, New Jersey. Right? He was fired last year for his supposed flatulence, according to court documents. He claims in a court filing um, of his termination, uh, it was a violation of Americans with Diabetes Act. When the suit was filed, I didn't know it would go viral, he said. It's gone, <laughs> it's gone very viral this week. He probably doesn't even, like, he's 70 years old, so he doesn't, yeah, he might exactly. not understand the magnitude of the internet. Exactly. Okay, continue. It, it prob- I'm sure it's just people that have massive sympathy for his difficult situation. Right. Because if there's one thing you and I have learned about the internet, it's full of anonymous, uh, beautiful, but happy people that aren't vile and laugh at other people's <laughs> misfortune. Uh, Richard Clem started working at the Case Pork Roll in 2004 as a, do you know what this word is? Comptroller. A comptroller. No. I didn't. I googled it. Um, essentially, it's the chief financial officer. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I brought them into the 21st century, he said proudly. Probably followed by a loud, billowing, nauseating oh, gas no. cloud. I don't know. Uh, at the time of his hire, Clem weighed around 420 pounds. He's a big lad. Oh, wow. I'm surprised he got hired at that. Well, I don't know if he's really skilled. Okay, yeah. but does this tie in? Do do bigger people have smellier farts? Is that a thing? That's a very good question. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Okay. <laughs> I would say yes, but there is a bit more scientific gubbins coming your way. Okay. He underwent gastric bypass surgery in 2010 to get rid of his, well, his own pork belly. He lost about 120 pounds, which isn't bad. Um, he suffered some embarrassing side effects. And apparently this is quite normal. Um, extreme gas and uncontrollable diarrhea, which... Uh, oh. No. Something we all look for in a coworker. Oh, that seems like I that's a risk I might not be willing to take if I had to do a surgery. If I had uncontrollable gas, would you do this regular feature with me weekly or would you find an excuse to go early? Oh, it depended. Okay, it's not the the sounds that bothers me, it's obviously the scent. Right. And scents are arguably more um they affect people more than actual sights. Even doctors, I don't know, I've, my friend is a doctor and she said that, you know, you, she could see someone bleeding and go in to, to remove whatever stuff from people's stomachs, but the smells of being like of rotting skin or of something like ulcer, like that's what's going to make you want to vomit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you don't really think about that. I said, oh my goodness, I wouldn't know what it smells like in an operating room. She goes, yeah, the visual's whatever, you're used to it. Oh. But you never know, and you don't know what's coming. When you're about to cut someone open, no. you have an idea, but you don't know what the smell is going to be. So every time you hear a, it must be a bit nerve-wracking. Ugh. Because yeah. you don't know what you've just you, cut into. Yeah. And, and a gut, an intestine. Ooh, and ooh. don't forget, a lot of the reason they're being cut into is because there's a problem right. down there. Right, right. So that's why it can 
it can get nasty. Another reason. So not. now, if the scent is that bad, this is where it all loops back. Though, if it is so unbearable, like you, you can't focus in in a. I mean, especially if you have a good sense of, sense of smell. Yes, which I do. Imagine if they had have invented smell vision. That would make ER unbearable. You wouldn't be able to watch it. I bet. In 2013, Clem's symptoms worsened, which caused, quote, significant disruption in the workplace, according to the suit. Oh, no. uh, the suit alleges that his boss, Mr. Dolan, made Richard Clem work at home and said things like, quote, we cannot run an office with people smelling this. We have visitors in here sometimes. The odour is terrible. And another thing he said, um, we're having awful complaints from people and we have problems with odours. That's fair enough, isn't it? It is. I understand. I'm sure they popped him by a window. So wait, so did he work from home successfully? Well, Richard Clem was fired February last year. Now, his lawyer said the client's gastrointestinal disorders may be getting the headlines, but they, he thinks that that isn't actually the reason. Oh, he thinks, here's the spin. Yeah, the quote, the lawyer says, flatulence and farting is the sexy part of the story. Mm. Interesting choice of words. Um, but my client suffers from obesity, which is covered by the Americans with Diabetes Act. I believe this is why he was fired. Flatches. Uh, no. Yes. I don't believe this is him trying to weasel his way into this case. I bet it is. This yeah. Is not a this thing. is the old. All right. It's not my bum. It's my gut. Yeah. Argument. See, no, no. So no, common. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all know that one. It's a doozy. Okay. I love that line though. Flatulence and farting is the sexy part of the story. Well, I'm turned on. <laughs> Uh, Clem is seeking damages, right? Richard Clem also wants wants company employees to go through training programs that will prevent future incidents from occurring. Oh, get out! What does that mean? To be more compassionate to to people. Oh, what? So so everyone else has to go into room and be told that they need to put up with unbelievable non-stop farts every day. And they're not issuing. They're not commenting on the diarrhea. Did that ever have an effect? I don't know how far he was from the toilet. Right? There could have been some huge problems. (laughs) If they had a desk near the window, but that wasn't near the toilet, which are you going to go for? Toilet one or the window one? Oh, no. This is just messy. Literally a messy situation. He says, I'm speaking up for people who are overweight. No, they're changing the issue. I hate when people do this. I hate it when this goes on. Yeah. Yeah. does being obese mean that you can't do a good job? Oh, it's of not course about not. That. Well, also, actually, if you're a firefighter, police officer, nurse, doctor, construction worker, caretaker, elevator engineer, yeah, it, it does, does matter. Th- actually, well, yeah, <laughs> well, you do have to pass fitness tests to, for certain jobs, but I, I don't understand it. if he could just successfully work from home. Then maybe that would have been the solution that made everyone happy. But did he not want that? Was that you know they he conveniently doesn't mention that that part right? exactly and i wonder how much money he's asking for if i was 70 i was morbidly obese yeah. i had chronic flatulence and diarrhea like, and my boss said i'm gonna be honest Vinny, you're stinking the place out but we're not firing you i just want you to work from home i'd take that yes you i'm 70 take that. or if you want you could just slide me out and give me a payoff i'll have that's that it. Yeah. yeah i could buy a cork and some charcoal tablets oh no yeah so there you are. And doesn't it make you realise how lucky you are to work with me? It's like- <laughs> oh, so this, actually, you brought this story up just to say, look, your pit smells are actually not that bad. You could have it worse. That's what I'm saying. I should be grateful that I am sitting beside you in this stinky little studio now. Well, a lot of women 
although they would argue against this, find the smell of pits quite attractive, viscerally speaking. A lot of what? Who's who are you talking to? Where did you get that I've, evidence I've from? I've never met one. Okay, right. Okay. Let's just say there's a lot of them. <laughs> sure. And, you know, that's how I like to run a talk show uh... with no fact or evidence whatsoever. <laughs> no, but I do. They do a party, right? Would you go to this? Right, where if you are looking for a mate, okay. What you can do now, you can go to these scent parties. Yeah, because I know that you are attracted to smells, right? Mm. That's a lot of it. And you, they blindfold you, and there's an equal number of men and women in the room. And what you do, you smell a bag of clothes that's been worn, so a T-shirt that's been worn for a Interesting. day. And you say, oh, that one's a bit musty. I like, but I like that. Mm. God, it's kind of woody. And you're not allowed to use any you know, false perfumes, etc. So cool. they're just getting the real you. I would, I would entertain that idea. Apparently, it's quite successful. Oh, I I believe it. I'm mm. not surprised. And also, I think you kind of you expect a little, maybe a little funky smell here or there because you're okay as long as you're okay with it. Everyone, especially in the middle of the night, I feel like that's when all your true scents come out. Yes. And when you're sleeping beside someone, and especially maybe this is why you're saying that that women like to have the pit smell because if I'm snuggled in. In the arm of someone, yes, that is where my face is placed. It is, and it's a safe place. It is a safe, it's lovely, a warm cozy place. place. And when it's minus twenty, that's actually better than being anywhere else. It is, it is. So it, you would hope that you are with someone where the scent is bearable, especially throughout the night, where all where it will be only heightened. Okay, so I'll go back to the original question. Now we've learned all this. Would you like to smell my pits? <laughs> <laughs> No, the answer is still no. She appears to be leaving. Oh, well, let's put that feature to an end. Hope you enjoyed that and you didn't throw up. My name is Vinnie White. That was Amanda Capito. We'll do something clean and sanitary next. We'll talk about something really nice, you know, like a sewage works. News Talk 1010. Actually, I'll tell you what we'll talk about now because I've had so many questions. I'm going to do it really quickly. I've only got a little bit of time. Everyone keeps asking me, what was wrong with your realtor? I'll tell you what was wrong with my realtor. Right. tried to sell a house. He said, you need to drop it 10 grand. It was way below market value. He then said, the reason you're dropping it 10 grand is one of the reasons is because it's got a cracked window, right? So I went, yeah, well, I suppose I will. So I dropped it 10 grand. Then started getting offers, got an offer from one couple, accepted that offer. They had an inspection. What did they find? A cracked window. The window that the realtor made me already drop 10 grand for. And then the realtor phoned me up and said, oh, we need to drop another two grand because they don't like the window. I am not a glazier, but a cracked window is not too bloody grand. So I said, I'll fix it. So I ended up phoning Yellow Pages, sent a dude in that I found on Yellow Pages, and he fixed it for $430. That's what's the bloody problem. Money grabbers. They don't always look after old muggins here. They look after the people that are buying the house. Yes. And you know why? Because then when they sell it, they'll go back to them. It's a scheme. If you're a good realtor, text in 71010. Tell me a slogan and I'll read it out next week when we get some more time. Sorry, I'm going to have to cut it a bit short because I'm off into the night. What a great show. I'm a bit biased, but, you know, <laughs> it's nice to be confident. Thanks, Elliot. Great button pressing. Give us a quick goodbye. Love it. Buttons. Cheers. All the best, peeps. We went out with not quite the grandeur of the show that I would like. Sort of just a, oh, I didn't even do the ad either. MrPhotoCanvas.com. Got that in. Check that out. It'll change your life, baby. Ta-da.